Hey Spirit fans, this is Seth Askelson, and I hope you are enjoying every episode of the OUAZ Athletics Podcast. We are looking forward to bringing you a wide range of guests as we ramp up to the fall season and want you to tune in to each episode to get the best insight and stories from all Spirit programs. As our guest list grows on the podcast, so will our ways you can tune in. The OUAZ Athletics Podcast is now available on Spotify, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, and of course, on the website at ouazspirit.com slash podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe to let us know who you want to hear next and to never miss the next installment. Those four great platforms are where you can find our brand new episodes every week the moment they are available. Once again, you can now find every episode of the OUAZ Athletics Podcast on Spotify, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, and at OUAZSpirit.com slash podcasts. Welcome in OUAZ Spirit fans. My name is Seth Askelson, and thank you for joining me for yet another edition of the OUAZ Athletics Podcast. My guest today, the OUAZ head coach for both cheer and dance, Kari Crashman. You know, it's been kind of a, a wild time and, and a crazy time, but uh, how have you and, and your family been staying safe? Um, I mean, we're staying home as much as we can and staying within our bubbles, if you will, uh, with family and, and coworkers, and that's about it, and just getting some good quality family time in. So. Now, being the head coach of both uh, cheer and dance, how much quality time have you actually been able to get in during the season versus uh, now? Uh, yeah, it's been nice to work at home, even though I've missed coming to campus and missed uh, working in the office, um, seeing my girls more and my husband and taking our dogs for walks and playing in the pool and things of that nature has definitely had its benefits. Yeah, I know a lot of people, especially in the summer, whether we're under quarantine or not, try <laughs> to find their way into the pool at least yeah. more than once in the summer. So. Uh, but for you, I mean, you found your way um, to OUAZ last year, August 15th. I mean, pretty much right right as the seasons were starting to, to get going, you were named uh, the head coach. What was that like? When did you first hear about OUAZ? And, and kind of what was the process there for you in, in accepting this job? Um, I had a friend forward me the application link and said, hey, I think this would be a great fit for you. And um, it took a couple of days to look into the the university and um, agreed with my friend and just thought it would be a great fit and I threw my hat into the ring um, and then I got a pleasant phone call from Brittany for my first interview and so it just went from there and several interviews later uh, with several different people um, I found myself named as a head coach it was a pretty amazing experience. Now you had come from Shadow Mountain which uh, we've had the pleasure of seeing them come here to, to OUAZ and, yep. and perform for us. But what was the biggest difference for you between high school and, and the college level? Um, I mean, there's definitely having to shift gears between the two programs and working with college athletes and young adults. Um, I've been a college coach before, so it wasn't too difficult of a transition for me. Um, I actually enjoyed being able to bridge the gap from having high school students being exposed to a college 
level experience and so it was actually work I feel like it worked in my favor to be able to kind of segue the two you know um, having high school students have the opportunity to see you know uh, the college experience if you will now you had coached college previously you were at Glendale Community College just uh, about 30 minutes uh, southeast of here mm-hmm. um, what was the biggest difference, I guess? Obviously, a community college a little bit smaller, uh, at least Glendale Community College in terms of, you know, no residential students, everybody leaves campus by the end of the night. But what what were some of the differences? You had technically worked in college b- before, but between OUAZ and, and the community college level. Um, I definitely think there's a big difference. Uh, we might have a small feel in some senses, but we still have a big university feel at the same time, which I really, really love. Um, so for me, it's kind of the perfect blend of the two. You don't feel swallowed up on this campus, but you feel like you're getting those big university college experiences as well. So, I mean, you've coached high school, you know, this college here, community college, but I mean, your experience just <laughs> all over is insane. First, we'll start, you're a gymnast for 15 years, is that correct? Yes. So you're a gymnast for 15 years, a dance team member in high school and college. I mean, what was that experience like growing up, you know, around gymnastics, around dance, around cheer, where, you know, maybe they're not the exact same sport per se, but there's a lot of, you know, the flexibility, the the athleticism that it takes to, to be on all three. What was that like for you? Um, I was very fortunate to start at gymnastics at a very young age um, and was able to actually finish my gymnastics career as a as a coach um, at the Olympic Training Center in Huntsville, Texas with Marta and Bella Caroli and that just continued to open doors for me. Um, had a lot of great memories there with them um, and Bella Caroli even wrote me a letter of recommendation to have on file when I was trying to get my teaching jobs after I graduated with my teaching degree. Um, and then in high school um, transitioned into high school cheerleading. Um, fun fact, I tried out for the cheer team at my junior high and didn't make it. So that ended up being more, of, I was new to the school, so it was more of a popularity contest than it was anything else. So I was a little shy to try out for the cheer team in high school, but some girlfriends of mine convinced me to get my feet wet again. And I think the rest is history after that. <laughs> Just like the Michael Jordan of cheerleading, right? You, get, <laughs> you don't make your high, junior high You don't high make team. it, but, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've had incredible experiences, I mean, on the professional stage. I mean, even uh, two seasons as a Phoenix Mercury hip-hop dancer, uh, performed a Super Bowl thirty pregame show. I mean, what were those two experiences? Like, I know you and I talked a little bit earlier today about the Phoenix Mercury, your time there, and the sold-out crowds right at the beginning. What was that like? That was a really amazing um experience in my life it was it was a little stressful for us we were the inaugural team and the pressure that came with being a new team with a new um you know women's uh professional basketball team as well and um everything from the tryout process to making the team to um how we were packaged as more of an entertainment group Um, So we were appealing to families um, and a crowd of all ages, if you will. Um, So that was really cool. And then to, you know, 
have Cheryl Miller as our, our women's basketball coach was amazing, the energy that she brought. And so there was just so much energy and hype in the building for every single game. And like you said, we were talking about the sellout crowds. I mean, we sold out the upper bowl as well as the lower bowl in the arena. And that was pretty unheard of at the time. So. Yeah, I remember when the WNBA first started, I mean, should say remember as in looking at the record books, I wasn't yet alive. It was three <laughs> years away. But, I mean, when you look at the attendance of WNBA, especially in Phoenix, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the first three years, the average attendance is 102% capacity. And right. It's dipped every year since. But, as you said, especially being the inaugural team, I mean, uh, a lot of pressure and, and a lot to – because the, wi the women's game, at least when it comes to entertainment, is different, right? I mean, I think when you look at – and I think it's changing now. I in in male sports, there's I think still some work to go, but it's very family oriented. At the WNBA games, um, I haven't had the pleasure yet of going to uh, an NWSL game or um, an NWHL game, so I can't speak to what those experiences look like. But as you said, very family friendly, and um, you also, uh, as it shows, you're on the choreography pros for event staffs, NBA, NFL, WNBA, obviously. Uh, the Arena Football League. How did you end up getting into all those different leagues, different choreography teams, and, and different experiences? Um, so, great question. I actually appreciate the fact that you're asking me that. So, um, the people that I got to meet and be on a team with in that inaugural season of the Phoenix Mercury Hip Hop Squad um, are the people who founded um, Choreography Pros um, and other companies and so we sat in the practice court and we would talk about what we wanted to do with our lives when we were done with our performance careers and uh, Ms. V if you will otherwise known as Vicky um, you know that that was her niche and that was her dream and you know um, my, my dream was to open an all-star gym and I went and did that and we had a couple other dancers who wanted to open a dance studio and they went and did that and Ms. V open, you know, started Choreography Pros, and she was responsible for a lot of the stuff that we did in our first two seasons and continued. She stayed on much longer than I did um, and continued her career as a choreographer and just the networking and, you know, a lot of the dancers that we had the opportunity to dance with and work with are now, you know, spread out nationwide. Um, you know, with the Detroit Pistons, the Denver Nuggets, um, the Sacramento Kings, and, and so on. I mean, so it's just been kind of a dance family, if you will. And so even though we all started out as dancers together on one team, we're still networking together as a family. That's incredible. I mean, you hear about stories like that from the sports aspects of things, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, we played on this one team in, in high school. Or we all, <laughs> you know, we all started our careers on this one professional sports team, and we all won championships together and all, but I mean in terms of dance I mean that's incredible right the who would have thought in 1993 you'd be sitting under <laughs> sitting underneath the what is now known as the talking stick resort arena yeah back then the America West arena yeah um and you guys would all be here and you know being so successful in different ways and during those conversations and you know as you said now you're you're a coach obviously you've done choreography but being in dance being in cheer Going through and, and learning all the choreography is one thing, but how much did you know about teaching the choreography and, and coaching the choreography versus learning and, and performing? Um, you know, I think that goes back to the, the beginning of my coaching career. 
Um, I was a very hands-on coach. I was very young. I got my first head coaching job at Central High School under uh, the athletic director there. His name was Bob Yordani, and he took a chance on me, and I did everything I could to do right by him and by the te that team at the time. And it just opened my eyes to the other side of, you know, uh, cheerleading and dance and, you know, um, just continued from there. And so I was inspired to come up with routines and formations and music edits. And back then it was mixtapes. So if you can <laughs> imagine trying to edit music with mixtapes, um, you know, and then just I fell in love with choreography at the time and kept doing it. And you know, I think it was the thing that set my teams apart from some others, um, just trying to stay in the now and times change and things, you know, are always growing and moving in a forward direction. So just trying to keep up with that um, as a coach, as a choreographer. And then in that, I uh, received the opportunity to start traveling and judging because um, my kids were getting noticed, my teams were getting noticed. And, and so, you know, 25 years later judging cheer and dance competitions nationally and internationally has been amazing uh, you mentioned editing music with mixtapes i mean <laughs> I, I can't imagine i you know we edit i edit these podcasts on adobe audition which uh, it takes <laughs> yeah. me five clicks and it's edited and yeah. i even sometimes i get frustrated with that program i couldn't imagine trying to cut those tapes up I would get lucky a lot of the time, so I, I think I w had a really good ear, but I had friends who spent way more time trying to do it than I did, but, you know, to each his own. Do you think that putting in that hard work at such a young age, right, like you said, Central High School, and, and you were really trying to stay ahead of the curve, and do you think putting in that work so early in your coaching career, where some coaches might come in, you know, dip their toe in, do the basic stuff, but you were taking some extra steps that maybe weren't necessarily expected of you. Do you think that really helped you as your career went on and, and people saw, okay, she's really willing to, to jump straight into what she's doing? Yeah, I think it definitely benefited me. I mean, I think um, it's hard to put yourself out there in a creative sense because you don't know what the response is going to be or the feedback's going to be or if it's going to be received well. Um, but that's how you learn, you know, so – um, you know, and then also trying to work with young adults, both in high school and college and, you know, trying to share like what you think might be a cool idea doesn't come off well to someone who's watching it, you know. Um, and then just being exposed to the, you know, the pro teams and being able to have two years um, as a pro dancer for the WNBA and opening my eyes to the game entertainment side of things, how things look from, you know, that top person, you know, on the second tier <laughs> of, of the upper bowl and, you know, what a routine would look like to that person. And that's really who you're trying to reach and perform for. So it really changed uh, my percep perception of how I started to create routines and choreography. I think that's an interesting point you make is, you know, for myself being on the game production side, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, it's almost the same thing in terms of who do you want to reach and it's one of those things I guess I never really thought of when it came to those dance performances you want to reach like you said it might look great to people in the lower level but right. how are how are the people in the upper deck going to see it is it going to look odd as you said you're kind of how are you going to reach that fan all the way all the way to the top yeah, all the way to the top so I, I think that's a really good good mindset to have and um, 
what was your favorite either whether it be a routine a set maybe a favorite team in the professional sports world or is there one in particular that you could name off the top of your head um i mean are you talking about like performing for or just watching in general um either watching or or coaching i guess for for you when you were at choreography pros and you know in in helping with that what was maybe your favorite I mean, I'd have to stick to our hometown teams. I love watching, um, you know, the sidewinders from the Rattlers and the Phoenix Suns dancers and the and the hip hop squad. Obviously, has has my heart um, there. I think if I were to think back about a favorite routine, it would be, I think it was our second year, my second year on the squad for the WNBA, and we. Sure, Miller used to come out and, and do the train, and we had kind of some signature moves and things that we did. And so we created a routine for our crowd that kind of mimicked us in a routine, and then Cheryl would just kind of come out and jump in. And, um, you know, I actually had one of my dancers here the other day be like, Coach, I found this video of you, and I showed it to my mom. <laughs> and I was like, wow, which one was that? And it was that routine. So I think that's one of one of a uh, – one of the crowd pleasers, if you will, but to look back and you see the crowd in the background and the arena's full and you can hear, you know, the response of the crowd. And as a dancer and cheerleader, that's what you want. That's what you thrive for. That's then, you know, you're doing your job. Yeah. As you mentioned, the Mercury have the train, the hip hop squad. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> really two staples of WNBA basketball here in Phoenix still goes on to this day. I know yep. when the train starts, you can see the security tighten their muscles a little bit as everybody rushes the court <laughs> yeah um and speaking of which i i was given the task of trying to get one of our security guys to actually engage in the train and he would not budge and then right there at the very end he finally did it with me and then we ended up in a newspaper clipping together so you know that was pretty cool yeah i can tell you i worked uh, guest services in an arena and those <laughs> The security guys are nervous. I mean, look, they like to have fun, but they know they're always being watched. Right, so. <laughs> right. So. It's a catch-22 for them, but it's good that you, you got them going. And um, as you mentioned, judging as well. I mean, that's such a such a unique thing. And, and you know, I can – me personally, I can look <coughs> at a dance performance and say, wow, that was really entertaining, whereas, you know, a judge like yourself or, you know, those who know it a lot better would probably say, ah, maybe that's one of the worst routines I've ever seen. I mean <laughs> – what are some of the nuances when it comes to judging a dance event, a cheer event? What are some of the things that you look for that maybe other people watching wouldn't really see? Um, I would say the biggest thing that I've taken away from from my judging career is flow of a routine or a performance. Um, you know, you see routines where you just have kids running across the field from one spot to the next and and then you stop paying attention to the actual routine because you're watching that person run all over the place. Um, so I think that would be be something that I've really, you know, became a nuance of mine, if you will. And then I'm kind of old school. Like I have a trained eye to kind of look at the, the floor as a whole but see everything that's going on. And so um, – before we were entering our scores and comments on laptops, we were scripting. And so I still script and then, you know, enter my notes and comments, but having the ability to script a routine from top to bottom and then, you know, 
um, some judges are able to see everything and some judges can only see certain things and now we so in the beginning we used to have to judge a whole entire routine from top to bottom and now they've um, created what we call specialty judges so now they're bringing judges in just you know that's what you're judging in that routine so if you're only judging jumps and tumbling in stunts and someone else is looking at pyramids backs baskets and then someone else is looking at the dance and the overall impression and then the transitions so the flow if you will um, you know so seeing that part of our industry change and then on the dance side it's you know the turns the leaps the tricks the lifts and the effortlessness that goes into the routine right because you want you want to watch a routine that's going to look fun but people don't realize how much work goes into making it look like it's just fun you know it's actually a lot of work <laughs> there's a lot of not fun behind the scenes yes <laughs> the <laughs> preparation is not fun but the performing it is fun now as a coach again you've done everything performing wise cheer dance gymnastics coached as well but was it tougher to when you're coaching cheer versus dance since you performed a long time as a dancer is that any tougher because you did dance a little bit more or is it is it still pretty easy when you got to flick the switch between cheer and dance as a coach um for me personally it's pretty easy um you know so I actually enjoy being able to wear both hats um I don't that way I don't feel like I'm missing you know something in my life um so I think it's just knowing, you know, what the prerequisites are for, for each um, entity and then, you know, working on the details of things for the cheerleaders and then working on the details of things for our dancers, you know. A lot, there are a lot of similar similarities, but there are also a lot of um, differences, you know. So I think being able to have the knowledge and the eye to pay attention to what each team needs, um, you know, is, I don't want to say it's easy, but I work really hard to, to continue to stay um, in the now, if you will, with both cheer and dance. We've talked about a couple times, you know, staying in the now, ahead of mm -hmm. the curve. What is the now for college dance and college cheer? Um, well, there's a really big difference for college dance and college cheer. Uh, you know, my perspective is, you know, college cheerleaders, this is kind of it. There really aren't any opportunities once you graduate from college to continue traditional cheerleading, you know. For dancers, um, you know, the professional market uh, for all the, the professional teams, both for the NFL, the NBA, the WNBA, um, and the arena football teams, even though they're called cheerleaders, they're more dance oriented. So the dancers have a bigger opportunity to continue their career um, on a professional level if they want. And so to me, that's one of the bigger differences between cheer and dance. Have you ever had one of your you know, students say, hey, maybe I want to jump into the dance or who was who was doing cheer and, and maybe hadn't done a ton of dance jump into the the dance side and and how do you go about trying to help with that transition um so that's an interesting question um i'm gonna kind of jump back to shadow mountain if you will um a lot of high schools actually are considered 
um, spirit line. So they're a combination of both palm inch here, and so palm would be the dance side. Um, at Shadow Mountain, we try to prep the girls on both sides. So we have our cheerleaders learn how to dance, and we have the dancers learn how to cheer. At the end of the day, that just makes them a stronger athlete. You know, they're becoming more well-rounded. Um, this past year, we've ha had more of our seniors than ever um, earn spots on college teams. And now they're faced with the decision to choose. Um, you know, when you get to college, you, you tend to have to pick one or the other. There aren't very many colleges that allow a student athlete to do both. Um, and so just hearing from my two cheerleaders are like, I kind of miss the dancing side. <laughs> you know, so that was definitely positive but interesting feedback. Um, and then some dancers that have made their college teams but we taught them how to fly in the stunts and do certain things in the air. And they're like, oh, I kind of miss stunting, you know. So so just knowing that, you know, that piece of it has a positive effect on them. It's, it's a challenge at first. They hate it at first. But by the time they're graduating senior, if you ask them to choose, they would have a hard time choosing. Are there ever any times when you have uh, somebody who had done cheer most of their life and you're trying to teach them to, have dan to do dance, maybe they have a two left feet or uh, <laughs> or maybe the o the opposite where somebody's dancing and they're just having trouble with with the stunting part of cheer i mean does that sometimes occur or is everybody pretty much good enough of an athlete and, and pretty competent that they can get it down um so i was that gymnast that was really stiff that you know kind of segued my career into cheerleading and then that segued my career into dance but like I definitely as a gymnast and a cheerleader struggled with the dance component you know early on um, it wasn't until I got to college that it kind of everything fell into place for me um, I think it's gonna be on the coaching staff and how much they want to coach up those kids you know, or if they have the time to, that, you know, the tasks for cheerleaders and dancers, both in high school and college is, is twice as much as everyone else. You know, everyone has like a fall season or a winter season or a spring season, and we're pretty much year round. We're supporting everybody, you know, so finding the time to kind of hit and check all those boxes can be difficult. Yeah, as you talked about, I mean, really the only sport that is truly year-round I mean from the first football game in August to you know basketball ends doesn't really until February mm -hmm. and you know men's volleyball continues on and you and I have had discussions about <laughs> even getting out to baseball and softball so it really right. is a, a year-round thing but do you think because it is a year-round thing it, it's such an attractive sport to be a part of just because it really is you know a lot of opportunities to perform in front of a lot of diverse crowds you know again football basketball, volleyball, men's and women's even brings different types of crowds. I mean, is that is that big because there are such a di diverse amount of crowds to perform in front of? Um, yes, I, I believe so. At the same time, it can be a deterrent for some who feel like they're going to get overwhelmed with, you know, what their perception of what we do is, you know. Um, they see that, you know, we're always attending these things, um, but what they're not seeing is the different rosters and different schedules that we create to facilitate the ease um, of that type of schedule, you know.
So, um, and as we continue to grow, you know, there will be more ease with that, but there will also be more demand with that at the same time. So it's just trying to find the balance, making sure they can hit their classes, making sure they can still maintain their jobs, um, making sure that, you know, they're, you know, staying on top of their health and wellness and nutrition, but getting their academics and homework and quizzes and tests and essays, like the and 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 of it all, right? So it's just finding the balance, I think. What were some of the things that maybe your team brings to you, whether it be, you know, a part of, uh, I'm struggling to find the academic balance or, you know, coming to college, some moving states away, cities mm -hmm. away, and, and maybe struggling with some of the social aspects. What, what are some of the things you teach your team when it comes to those, those aspects of college? Um, we work really hard on communication, um, preparation and organization. Um, and in fact, yesterday, you know, we had a, a team meeting after breakfast and, you know, I, I talked about how time can be your friend or your enemy. Um, you know, time can be your friend because, you know, for lack of better terms, you can count on it. <laughs> it doesn't change, and it's always the same. So it's very reliable, right, the 24-hour clock. Uh, 6 a.m. is always going to be 6 a.m., right? It's not going to be different the next day or the next day. At the same time, it can be your enemy if you don't utilize time as your friend because then you aren't prepared, so then you become a last-minute person or you're always running late, you know. So we talked about the clock, if you will, yesterday. Um, so I think that's a big, huge lesson, um, for all of our athletes and then, you know, learning also to rely on each other, starting to get a sense of trust, um, who they can go to for certain things, um, you know, and just kind of building that, that family trust and that foundation, like within our team. Yeah. And I think it's one of those sports that isn't really thought about in terms of, you know, it's, it's not a sport that whose national championship is televised on CBS <laughs> or, you know what I mean? And, but it, it really is a sport and, and they're affected and as athletes, right. They, mm -hmm. they go through the same things. They're just as human as any other athlete on campus. So definitely a, a lot of work to come into that. And speaking of them, these competitors as athletes, yep. you know, obviously for somebody like me, when I, dance <laughs> it's very uncoordinated it doesn't look very good but for somebody who's a, a trained competitor and and you know whether it be in dance or cheer what are some of the things you have to do in the gym to stay make sure you're at your top physical peak right I mean you think of football right you know guys lifting weights and <laughs> doing all these drills but what are some of the things and workouts that cheerleaders and dancers do in order to make sure they're at the top of their game um, we definitely hit the weight room with our strength and conditioning coach as well. So he's done a great job of creating a regimen that, you know, is applicable to our athletes for what we do. Um, a lot of endurance building. Um, and, you know, I think it also starts with the goal setting. So we do goal setting boards and they have to, you know, work their way up to those goals to check them off. Um, you know, and even in getting ready for nationals, we had our natties board, and it was very eye-opening. Most most of our kids had never seen one before and didn't know how it was going to help them until they started to go through the process. Um, 
and then even this year over the summer with you know what we're going through um, you know as a whole and keeping our kids on track with checking in weekly with zooms and our workouts and and things of that nature and you know coach Hodgson was throwing out challenges uh, for all the athletes and you know um, it was originally a push a car challenge but one of my dancers was like well I only my we only have a truck and I was like well push the truck next thing you know became a push a truck challenge and we actually had our dancer win the push a truck challenge out of all the athletes that we have here on campus so that was huge for us and we were really proud of our kids for you know staying on top of their workouts and and checking in and doing their due, dil due diligence if you will that's incredible the push a truck challenge <laughs> I mean, look i know if, i know if i was challenged i'd find the steepest hill and surprise and <laughs> put put the truck in neutral and just <laughs> right. make it yeah. look make it look strong but no that's that's incredible in that you guys are really st not only staying on top of being fit but competing with the rest of the athletes here at OUAZ right and, yeah. and very incredible indeed and you want to talk about an incredible year you showed up as we mentioned August 15th of last year I mean your one year anniversary was just a couple of weeks ago <laughs> yeah uh, you showed up less than a month before the first football game mm -hmm. how were you able to get your team so prepared and, and so ready to compete I mean when you look at the accomplishments um, you guys went to the 2020 USA Collegiate Nationals um, dance team placed six overall on the national stage, co-ed cheer plays second overall. And the big thing with uh, the cheer team is a combined uh, NCAA D2 and D3 category. So being an NAI school yep. on top of that, I mean, uh, fantastic. You know, uh, local competitions you guys were sweeping up as well. I mean, how big was that for you? And how were you able to get your team so prepared, I mean, in, in such a short amount of time? It was definitely challenging for sure. Um, I think we just – try to take it one week at a time. Um, we never, you know, lost sight of what our weekly tasks were going to be, whether it was home games or away games um, and things of that nature. And then also, you know, getting out into the community and supporting, you know, a lot of our local high school kids at like their qualifiers and their competitions and performing for them and, and being present there um, just so they would get to know who we are and and how we function and that we're here um so i think just taking it one week at a time but always kind of checking off our, our to-do list if you will so um as time progressed that got easier and easier and then just kind of utilizing our practices and our games to prep us for big exhibitions and and then, of course, our big competition, which was uh, nationals in Anaheim. And just like any other sport or any other coaching staff, assistant coaches are huge yep. in getting ready. And your assistant coaches, uh, Cassandra Bump and Beth Ann Mesa, uh, both incredible. I mean, what do they bring to the table, and, and how do they really help not only yourself but, but the two teams in, in getting ready for what's ahead? They're really amazing. We're, we're very fortunate to have the three of us as a coaching staff. Um, Beth Ann brings a lot of professional dance experience um, and personal experience to the table. Um, Cassie is also a local high school coach as well as an assistant coach for us. And um, just knowing what our goals are as an entire program, I think is key that we function together. A lot of collegiate 
uh, cheer teams and dance teams don't function together. I think that makes us unique, um, but it, it brings us a different level of camaraderie, um, both in practice and in uniform on the field. So that's pretty amazing. And then just the flexibility that comes with having a, such a unified coaching staff uh, makes our jobs a little easier. And it also makes it easier for the kids because they see that we're focusing together as a unit. Um, and so they're going to do the same. So you've spent a full year, maybe not a full year of competition as everything obviously got cut short in March, but <laughs> yeah. uh, a full calendar year here at, here at OUAZ. And you know, you're going around judging very connected in the, the cheer and dance community here in Arizona and really nationally. What are you seeing or what are you hearing about OUAZ as a cheer and dance program? How are people talking about it? Are they, are you guys finally starting to get recognized? I mean, how are, how is the rest of the cheer and dance community viewing OUAZ? Um, it actually was nice to see and feel that the progress with that last year when we were at the first competition for the AIA qualifiers, no one really knew who we were or what we were about, um, or, you know, that our campus was in surprise, um, and things like that. And then by the time we got to the last in-state competition, to hear kids say, oh my gosh, we've seen you guys at every single competition this year, and I signed up two competitions ago. I can't wait for you to email me the info um, and things of that nature. So that was really nice to see the progress with that. And then we had two um, tryout prep clinics on our calendar, one in February and one in March. The one in February was awesome. We had a great turnout. Um, we were able to, you know, talk to some kids and follow through with recruiting graduating seniors at that tryout or that tryout prep clinic and then the night before our second one we got the phone call that we could no longer have our second prep clinic which was heartbreaking because we had so many incoming athletes that were registered for that um, both in state and out of state so that was a little heartbreaking but we stayed in contact with those athletes you know um over the phone and through Zoom meetings and virtual, you know, um, auditions and things of that nature. So it'll be nice to kind of have this full circle year, if you will, um, and just kind of continue to build on the foundation that we started last year. Yeah, you, people didn't know your name at the beginning of the year, but you sure, <laughs> you sure forced your name into everybody's mouths and, and competition sheets by the end. And as you said, I mean, it shows how many kids had signed up for the March you know, tryout prep class. I mean, obviously people are paying attention and think it's worthy enough to, to come out and, and compete. So yeah, for you, this upcoming year, obviously, um, as of now, things aren't uh, kicking up uh, in the next couple of months. But what is the next steps and what are you looking to accomplish this upcoming year in order for you to say, okay, we made the next jump? We made uh both of our teams have grown this year in size, so we're very excited and happy about that. Um, we've got some great new additions to our program um, as a whole, and so we look forward to continue building on that and continue our recruiting process. Um, you know, even though people would consider this to be like a downtime, if you will, because we're restricted with what we can and can't do and things of that nature, we're still maximizing um, our time together. So we're getting our workouts in, we're getting our strength and conditioning in, 
Um, we're focusing on, you know, what we would call game material or sideline routines or choreography, you know, um, so that when we do get, you know, the clear to be able to come in contact with each other, we can go ahead and do that. Um, but at the end of the day, just making sure that we're following all the guidelines that are given to us and keeping everyone safe um, for now. Are there any final thoughts or any final words you want to leave with the OUAZ fans, the OUAZ community, maybe potential athletes who are looking in to coming into OUAZ cheer and dance? Any final words? Um, I really love being here. Uh, when people ask me how I heard about the job and, you know, how my first year has been, um, you know, I've referred to it as a dream job. You know, I've been doing this for over 30 years, and so – you know, I look forward to being here for the rest of my career and, you know, this calling this my home base. So it's been an amazing experience. It's been filled with some amazing opportunities, um, such as traveling to Idaho with our football team for playoffs. That's not anything I would have ever imagined, but it was probably one of the coolest things I've ever experienced, you know, um, as a coach and then watching my young athletes take it all in as well. So I think... OUAZ and Surprise Arizona is going to surprise a lot of people, and I look forward to being a part of that. Yeah, I, I think it has, and a lot of kids, I think, are looking forward to being yeah. a part of that as well. So, Kari, thank you so much again for your time. We really appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we're talking again soon. All right. Thank you. Have a good day.